This Mortal Coil, an audio murder mystery by James Began, brought to you by ILOS Productions. Part 6 Success! Success smells like jammy dodges. Oh, I can taste them already. Hmm. I feel like I should rack my brain for a suitable Shakespearean quote to celebrate the occasion. But in all honesty, I was never very good at Shakespeare. I'll keep thinking. But it doesn't really matter because we've done it. It's done. It's over. We haven't done it. It's not done. It's not over. Damn, thought too soon. I'll never be a proper detective at this rate. Do you mean no jammy dodgers? No jammy dodgers. No escaping the relegation battle for me. Uh-oh, you accepted the football metaphor. Things must be bad. Gabriel's sticking to his story. Yes, he did want to leave. No, he didn't like his brother, but who did? Yes, he did have a new job. A job he could have just emailed about. Yes, he insisted on travelling to it in person anyway, in order to escape that godforsaken theatre. Yes, Paul did something heinous to Mr. Tiddles. And yes, Gabriel did buy chips. Well then, that's still fine, isn't it? But... Oh, that's never a good word. He says that he ate his chips in the chippy. He didn't go back to the tech box until moments before Holly came upstairs, which doesn't really give him enough time to stab and poison Paul. I don't know, he is a tech manager. You'd be surprised at what they can accomplish and or break in no time at all. And maybe he just really loved that cat. The prosecutors don't think that will work in court, unless we have a jury consisting entirely of mad cat people. Mm. Well, surely then we should be talking to the chip shop owner. Why are we at the botanical gardens? Chip shop isn't open yet. And something's bugging me. All those ants crawling up your leg? Alyssa. Sorry. (sighs) Why a yew tree? Why not a yew tree? Well, it's too specific. Paul must have asked for it for a good reason. Directors are mad, mad Mad creatures. creatures. Yes, so I've been told. But let's see if there was any method behind that madness. So what are we doing? We're playing Spot the Yew Tree. See any? Nope. Not that I have any clue what one actually looks like. We're not cut up for use as a prop. Exactly. And yet Neve came here twice to get them. But the botanical gardens don't have them listed in their collections. So, she's a dastardly liar? She said the tree was hanging over from another garden. We just need to look around the edges. All right. Let's see. Wall, wall, more walls. Ooh, nice house. There, behind the rhododendrons. Help me onto these rocks. Going to peek in someone's garden? Or something like that. Look at this tree hanging over the wall. You can grab the branches from this side. The branches of a yew tree. Okay. Neve's story checks out. So what? There's still the question of why Paul wanted them. And to answer that, I think we need to see who lives in this house. Nobody's home. It's nice, though, isn't it? Massive house, Envy. It's not one of your lots. <laughs> like somebody who works in theatre could afford this. <sighs> I'll run a check on the address, then. Head back to the theatre for me. 
See if you can take a look at the budget and if the yew tree branches are marked up there. Alright. Where are you going? Feeling a bit... peckish. What you having? I'm not here to order. Well, don't stand there then. You'll put off paying customers. It's ten o'clock in the morning. Aye. You'd expect it to be a bit busier, wouldn't you? Sure. Ah, police. Aye. Yeah. Could tell. You've got the trench coat. Look, it's not police issue. It's just a gift from my mum. You know, I thought you'd be here to talk to me a lot sooner. Yeah, well, we're... I mean, I'm here now. I was wondering if you'd seen this man before. Here's his photo. Oh, aye. One of the theatre twins. He was a regular. Angelic. Angelic? Name's Gabriel, isn't it? Yeah. Has he been in recently? Oh, you mean on the murder nights? Maybe. Yeah, he was for the first one. No, for the second. First one he was sat over there in the corner, like usual. Till when? Uh, like quarter past twenty past six. Damn! It definitely wasn't his twin. Nah, I'd know. You would? Aye, one of octuplets myself. What? Wondering if he did it, aye? I can't possibly comment on an ongoing investigation. So, yes. Aye? Yeah. Well, thanks very much for your time. Hold on. Hmm? There was some other guy who came in way before. The twin? No. Someone I didn't recognize. Ugh. Paperwork. Computer documents, numbers, eyes, glazing over, must have, distraction. No, I need to do this. Polly, please, where is it? I'm still searching the PC. Check through those printouts. Oh, they're all so boring. Ooh, hang on. What's this? These are the copies of fingers on the pulse Quentin left while he was canoodling with Beth. I'll just take a quick glance. Don't you dare procrastinate. You can't know that. Your eyes are on the screen. I'm a director. I can smell procrastination in the air. <gasps> like T-Rexes in movement. Sort of. Maybe. Now to enjoy the delights of fingers on the pulse. Got it! And after my recent heart surgery, it is with great joy that my husband and I welcome you to this printed update of... Wait, she said something. Pretend you heard. You've, uh, found it? Yep. Excellent guessing. Good work, me. Here's the latest file for the budget. Paul made it himself. It's a wonder he allowed Beth access to it at all. Hmm. What? The yew tree branches aren't here. But every other prop is. Intriguing. Probably. There is a listing I don't understand, though. This one here. Salt in the wound. Zero pounds. That's really weird. Do we have a scene like that? Don't think so. Maybe it was cut? No. I'd know if we'd done it. Wait! Uh, What is it? Something's happening. Loads of thoughts suddenly coalescing together. This is weird. All my quips are being pushed to the side and replaced by... something that feels... useful. Uh, I think that's called... 
Inspiration? Fingers on the pulse. Yes? My husband and I. Are you married? One last kiss. Elisa, are you okay? You're saying all this out loud. Canoodling. Uh. Salt in the wound. Zero pounds. Elisa? Holly. Ah! I mean, yes. Can I access the company Facebook account from here? Yeah. Why? Let me check something. As I suspected. I'm definitely a detective now. Only proper detectives say things like that. Are the scripts still backstage? I think so. Why? Because I think I'll find somebody there. Time to message Bailey. Hello there. Oh, Christ on a bike. Uh, Something I can help you with, Quentin? Uh, no, I, I, I was, uh, I was just uh, uh, helping out, uh, like, like a good chap. Uh, Beth asked me to, you know. Did she? Uh, yeah. In fact, I just need to go see what, what's good. Well, hello. I already did the ominous hello. Damn it! Look, what the dickens is this? I like that there are two doors to this backstage. One stage left, and one stage right. Uh, uh, yes, I, I, I can see that, uh, rather. Uh, I am in the room with you. But more importantly, there are two staircases in this theatre, both near the entrance, which one could use to get up and down to the rafters without being spotted by someone using the other. Uh, are you talking to me now, or, or just monologuing about theatre geography? But with the box office also being the entrance to the building, you would always have to go through the box office to get to either one of the staircases, where you might find... Canoodling! Thanks, Alyssa. I was getting there. Sorry. You see, I don't think Beth was making Facebook posts for 45 minutes. She's an organised sort of person. She'd have had them scheduled at least a week in advance. Or so I checked all of ten minutes ago. At one point you were canoodling with her in the box office, weren't you? Like I saw you the other day. That's why you returned so quickly to check on her. You weren't that far away. You hadn't just seen the news on the company Facebook page. Nobody sees anything on company Facebook pages. Oh, well, what can I say? Uh, I'm a caring sort of chap. Not caring enough. How does your husband feel about Beth? Husband? My finger is on the pulse of this case. Behold the introduction to this printed edition. Oh, yeah, dramatic reveal. Definitely a proper detective. I don't think that's any of your business. Why don't we talk about the chips? The chippy owner says you bought a portion on the night of Paul's murder. I was peckish. Surely not, considering your heart surgery. Boom! Double reveal from fingers on the pulse. Wait, what's happening? Beth, come on. You wouldn't deny an invalid now, would you? You're not an invalid. You're fine. Whoa, was that a flashback? Does my brain do flashbacks now? Oh, breaking my heart, Beth. Breaking my heart. Nothing you haven't done already. Just deal with it, Quentin. Passing comments that were crucial clues. I knew it. I think you bought the chips. I think you bought them for Paul. You bought them in advance, poisoned them, and gave him them at the start of the rehearsal, before leaving the theatre. But what if they weren't enough? You needed to be sure. 
So, with an eye for the blocking, you head round to the stage door to nab the rapier. You're lucky. It's empty. Everyone's either on stage or distracted. Neve's downstairs for her well-needed rest. Then comes the actual break. Paul heads up to the rafters to maliciously edit Gabriel's cue. Waiting near the theatre entrance, you've smeared the rapier with the U-substance as well. You can see Paul through the main doors as he enters the box office and heads up one staircase, looking a bit worse for wear from the effects of your chips. Good thing you were cautious, though, because he doesn't look bad enough. Did you not put enough you on the chips, you ask yourself deviously? I was wondering about that. I didn't do... No! You see, you didn't account for Paul's butterfly stomach on dress run night. I saw him get rid of most of his chips in the bin. Holly, shut these for me. Uh, You've hardly touched your chips. They're cold and it's dress run night. I can't stomach anything. Thank you, confirmatory flashback. I could do with these in everyday life. Of course. So you had to finish Paul off another way. Hence, with the rapier you pilfered from backstage, you follow him up. Like Zorro. Gabriel, hearing Paul coming up, deliberately heads down the other staircase, missing you entirely. I thought it was Paul, so I deliberately went down the other one. Didn't want to face him. Wasn't in the mood. Whoa, I wasn't even at that conversation. How did I flash back to that? Gabriel hears footsteps, but thinks nothing of it. After all, he knows Paul is coming. Paul is already woozy at this point. It doesn't take much effort for you to leave a rapier in him. You don't even push it all the way through because you know you don't need to. Then you go to head downstairs. But you can hear typing downstairs. Someone on the box office computer. It's got to be Beth checking the box office figures. So you have to wait. You can't let her hear you coming downstairs. When you hear her going to the office, you assume that's your chance. You head to the main door, but... Suddenly you hear her coming back. She'd see you leaving, so I bet you turn around and pretend to be arriving instead. After all, Beth did remark that you dropped by before that day. Thanks, Quentin. Nice of you to, uh, drop by again. Well, heavily implied it, at any rate. You can't prove any of that. Did Beth tell you this? No. Marvellous. Well, then. But she will if I ask her under police caution. She didn't say anything the first time because when she saw you, she thought you'd come for some... Canoodling! Hey! You were taking too long. Because I was building up to it. Also, I say it better. How long had you two been canoodling, Quentin? I don't think they'd been doing it for very long at all. I don't see why you would come on the first night, Quentin. The second night's always better. Hmm. I bet. Do you want me to answer any of these questions, or are you happy answering them yourselves? It was just another fling. I think that was how Quentin liked to do his canoodling. That's how you say it. Where'd you get that idea from? The pub. We saw you that night. Is that Quentin, the pretty critic? Oh, the very same. He is very pretty. So is his date. Damn lucky woman. Why are you just stood there? Having a flashback. You're absurd. I'm not absurd, but I tell you what is. This play, am I right? Quality theatre joke, five stars. Stop waving paper at me. Alyssa, we're in the middle of something. You're just making puns now. No. Yes. Not entirely. It was an important pun. What do you mean? We were focusing on the wrong play, Bailey. We should have been looking at this one, not bloody Hamlet. I've never quite understood it until now, but this is what our play is actually about. 
isn't it? One last kiss. It's all about you, and that's what this all comes down to. Tristan, the newspaper columnist with massive commitment issues. Well, I'm not a newspaper columnist. I'm a reviewer. <laughs> no, Paul would never be quite that blunt, and wouldn't want to risk any libel claims. So he changed enough to make it new, but not so much that certain people might not guess who he was getting at. People like you. Why did Paul want to get at you? I don't know what on earth you're talking about. I mean, you wouldn't be able to complain about similarities without revealing how they were similar in the first place. So you had to kill it. You have to kill the show. You tried to delay even before Paul was dead. I'm still not holding back tickets for people who might not come. Of their marvelous chaps, they'll be ten minutes late, tops. And it sounded like you kept it up even afterwards. I just think that it's way too soon that you come in How many times do I have to say this? It's what Paul would have wanted. Boom! Double flashback. So, not content with the usual murder weapon of the reviewer's typing fingers, you aim to eliminate the director through this contrived poison and rapier Hamlet-esque scenario, which I'll ask more about in a second. You underestimated just how much it takes to kill off a show. We still kept going. For reasons passing understanding. And Beth still won't call it off, so that's where Alfie comes into it. The wrong lead at the wrong time. Nothing more than that. Why not go for me or Lewis? You could have been replaced more easily. Grim. Also true. And you weren't sleeping with Holly. Not only was Alfie the lead, but Holly might be too distressed to fight for the play to continue. Let's talk Hamlet. Let's not. Mind if I sit? You do spend a long time talking, and I don't really have a chance to get a word in edgeways. You poisoning? Rapiers? Curtains? Why bother with any of it? I mean, at some point you came back to get the second rapier, like the first one wasn't enough. Whoever did it, I'd say, has a flair for the dramatic. I can think of many more dramatic ways to reveal a body in a theatre. Uh, not that I think about it often or anything. Did you ever consider the Greek theatre route of the Echiclema? What are you talking about? You! Me? No, the tree. The you tree? Belong to you. To him, to Quentin. Oh, very confusing, this you, you business. Paul didn't just want a yew tree on a whim, did he? He wanted your tree. Where to find your you? he knew. <laughs> I'm a poet and I didn't know it. He sent Neve to get those branches very specifically. Paul knew your tree branches hung over the botanical gardens. He did it so you'd know all about it. Get it? Alyssa. Sorry. I bet you even saw her taking them. Yes, you did. That's why you recognised Neve that time on the street, but she didn't recognise you. Nice to see you again. Oh, yeah, uh, you too. She didn't know who she was stealing from. But there's not much you can do if she's taking them from the bits hanging over the botanical garden. <laughs> Paul liked the idea of stealing something from you, didn't he? Just as he felt you stole his dignity from him, didn't he? All the little humiliations add up, don't they? So I suppose poisoning him with the same substance he stole from you must have seemed fitting. Is that what this was? Poetic justice? No. <sighs> There's more to it than that. There we go, Crackton. He's doing the villainous confession voice. So, 
Why was Paul targeting you? That is not the tree. <laughs> I mean. Oh, we all know who you mean. Alyssa, open that printout to the review section. I bet it's the first or second one there. <clears throat> Twelfth night, two stars. Unforced error of Wimbledon Shakespearean rewrite. To be honest, absolutely deserved to. Worst adaptation of Twelfth Night I'd ever seen. Local playwright thinks he's better than Shakespeare with predictably disastrous results. I don't suppose Paul took too kindly to that review. Directors rarely do. Writers even less so. So imagine how a writer-director responds. Hence his brand new play, One Last Kiss. Hence stealing your own yew tree branches to be in said play. Salt in the wound, zero pounds. That's what it said in the budget instead of yew trees. There is a listing I don't understand, though. This one here. Salt in the wound, zero pounds. That's really weird. Hey, I didn't need a flashback for that. That only just happened. I figured it out by myself. A certain dramatic irony there. Rather. Why go for a bunch of Hamlet-esque death setups then if you were looking for dramatic irony? They did Twelfth Night? Have you read Twelfth Night? Barely anyone dies. It's infuriating. No, Hamlet's much better for all that. When he took the yew tree branches, my mind went straight to Hamlet. Obviously. Not obviously. Not even slightly, obviously. It added a little theatre to proceedings. Uh, confused the matter, distracted from it. Uh, or rather, so I'd hoped. Clearly, I hadn't banked on... Rosencrantz and Guildenstone. Uh, sure. But I must say, I'd rather got into it. Rather a stroke of luck to find that second rapier. Yeah, now that I think about it, that was probably a massive safety violation and colossal police oversight, wasn't it? Wish I'd thought of the curtain first, actually. Then I could have done them in the right order, at least. Okay. You didn't want the play to happen, and a scathing review would have been too late. I get that. But even so, you resorted to double murder? Really? Well, I tried to get Beth to pull it, but to be perfectly honest, she only really had eyes for the box office figures. All she saw in me was the ability to sell extra tickets. Was there anything else to see? People would have seen it. They would have known. I walked in on you snogging the theatre manager. It was hardly the world's best kept secret. <sighs> they would have known the play was laughing at me. Who would have known? I didn't even know who you were until a couple of days ago. The right people, a discerning people. The establishment. The world of theatre. One last kiss. The play about a newspaper columnist called Tristan, who goes around sleeping with everyone and everything, whilst he's also writing book reviews. It's obviously about me. Obvious. Anyone can see that. Uh, I really don't think it's that obvious at all. Bailey? Not even slightly. I think you vastly overestimate how often people in theatre think of anyone other than themselves, even discerning people. Wait. I can think of someone who might have been a bit more discerning. Your husband. You were returning tickets plural, I believe, when we first met. Let's check. Well, uh, actually, I was coming by to uh, drop off my tickets. That's correct. You had a plus one. I imagine your husband enjoys a trip to the theatre. So when you couldn't get the show cancelled beforehand, you employed... More extreme measures, yes. 
Regrettable, but quite, quite necessary. And then yesterday, when I walked in on you, you realised there were still copies of the script about. Try backstage. She's collecting all the scripts, I think. You knew Paul kept the digital copies to himself, but Holly was going to archive these in the theatre's library. Your first murder inadvertently drove up the public interest in the play, and now that it was cancelled due to Alfie's demise, that meant there was a fair chance that someone might go out of their way to read it. Demise. Good detective word, that. Neve will attest it was your garden, and the chippy guy will attest you bought the chips. And I would have gotten away with it, too, if... No! Quentin Pulse, I'm arresting you for the... Of course he did it. He was the only one with the surname. I should have known it all along. Well then, I suppose that's case closed. Another great detective phrase there. I could be good at this. Alyssa. Yes? You just stood there, smiling at yourself in the mirror. Oh, oops. Sorry. So then. So then. It wasn't Laertes. Nope. Or Claudius. Just an imposter. Is there an equivalent theatre critic character in Hamlet? Don't think so. Rather ruin the whole play within a play thing if someone stood up and started questioning the costume design midway through. Wait! That's it! Didn't realise I was still thinking of Hamlet quotes in here. How much is going on inside my head that I don't know about? The play's the thing wherein I'll catch the conscience of the king. That wasn't one of your lines. Nope, it's from the play within a play bit. I've been trying to think of a pity Hamlet quote to sum everything up all day, and that was the only one that's come to mind. Hmm, tenuous. Still, suits this whole case really, doesn't it? Honestly, it was very good of Quentin to confess in such a timely manner. I'm not sure how much of the evidence would really have held up. But I guess that's the Poirot effect for you. Villains can't help but spill the beans when confronted by lengthy speeches. It wasn't Gabriel either, then. Nope. Despite all that evidence. I mean, it was all fairly circumstantial. That's an understatement. Oh, hello, Gabriel. Oh my god, he's so cute. Don't touch him. Nobody touches the cat. Oh, but I need to kiss his cute little nose. No, no. It's your bloody fault I'm still here. Well... Aren't you off to get that fancy job? No, because I missed the deadline sitting in a cell. Yeah, sorry about that. You did seem really guilty. Sod you both. Tiddles 2 and I are going home. <sighs> so near and yet so far. You've released Neve then too. Yeah, don't tell anyone, but snapping branches off a tree isn't actually a crime, turns out. Can't see that. What about the rest? Well, we'll need to talk to Beth some more. But it sounds like she was using Quentin as much as he was using her. I doubt she had any real idea what was going on. Though it would have been a damn sight more helpful if she'd bothered to mention canoodling Quentin on the day of the murder. Well, you know, canoodlers like him are probably easy to forget. And the others? Oh. Haven't they talked to you? Okay, so I'm thinking one-man show. Oh, fantastic. Easy costuming. Very affordable. Ooh, how many parts do I have? It's a one-man show. How many do you think? But how much multi-rolling? Ugh, as much as you want. Yes. Uh, uh, hang on. 
let's not blow the budget here, seeing as, you know, we don't really have a budget. Mm, and no rapiers this time. Oh. Definitely Gosh. not, no. Yeah. no, no or bloody yew trees. Oh, oh God, don't get me started on yew trees. Oh, my goodness. Hey, guys. Oh, hi, Alyssa. What are you guys talking about? Uh, um, um, a new production. Oh. Great! Is there a pot for me in it? Uh, yeah, so the thing is, we thought you were basically a police person now, because you spent all your time doing that rather than acting. Hey, I'm still an actor. I act. Occasionally. Sorry. Budgetary considerations and all that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's just yeah. no money. It's the money. Well, how about I consider your face? No, wait, it'll come to me. Sorry, Alyssa. It's for the best. Mm. See you around, Alyssa. Bye, Alyssa. Do keep in touch. Let's go grab a drink and talk some more about this. No, I cannot. Consider your affairs. Damn it, they've gone. Sorry about that. It's fine. It was a paid acting gig. Always do good to be true. Well, for what it's worth, though. You're not half bad at this detective thing. Ah, compliments. Tasty actor nourishment. Oh, I almost forgot. Jammy Dodgers! My debt is paid. And you? Did you escape relegation on a dramatic final day of the season? Uh, not exactly. So we caught the murderer? Yeah, but the powers that be were a little peeved with the whole... Losing the second murder weapon thing. Plus not talking to the chip shop guy, like, straight away. And also the fact that maybe 50% of the investigation was done unofficially by an old non-police mate of mine. Oh. So, relegated after all then? Massive legal ramifications and likely dismissal. Yeah. Uh, sorry? It's alright. Hey, maybe I'll set up my own detective agency. Go freelance. That's where the money is. <laughs> uh, I'm freelance. It's definitely not. But you could team up with me. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, the crime-fighting duo. Ooh, please. No more Hamlet. I am sick of bloody Hamlet. We should make up new surnames, then. Uh, marketable surnames are hard to come by. And inherently suspicious. I'll think about it. But in the meantime, if there's another... Incredibly specific theatre-related murder. I'll give you a call. Please do. I'm an actor out of work. I'll basically do anything. Except directing. Because frankly, I'm not cut out for this level of criticism. That was the sixth and final part of This Mortal Coil. Starring Sophie Harris as Alyssa. Thomas Muggleston as Bailey. Liam Spooner as the chippy owner, Serena Doran as Holly, Adam Butler as Quentin, Charlie Angelo as Paul and Gabriel, Daniel Origin as Lewis, John Spilsbury as Alfie, Grace Gilbert as Beth, and Tiana Milne Wilson as Neve. Opening and closing credits read by Victoria Fairley. Written, directed, and edited by James Began. Music by Jessica Kelly. And publicity design by Eleanor Dombrey.
This project was recorded in 2020 from different locations during the coronavirus lockdown.